2: Welcome to Healthcare Now. This is Doctor Mark. I am here with Larry Jones, and we are off to the start of another fun discussion about healthcare. Good evening, Doctor Mark. Great to be with you again. Now I tell you, you know, Larry, we talked a little bit last week, going back a couple shows about mm-hmm. what you should eat, healthy eating, yes. processed yes. food, ultra processed. food. Had a food. lot of response. On a lot that. of response. Yeah. And, and yeah. one of the response groups was folks that were like, ah, you know, you said something anti-beef, which. Right. i i think you know yep. just to be fair i do eat beef yep. and oh, yeah. and it, it is my statement was really related I had to the, hamburger fact, the other night there you go <laughs> um my was my my statement was kind of related to there's a direct relationship to the number of you know meals that you have of processed right. refined food and not just straight beef i mean not just right. coo- you know cooking right. on the grill right but but really cured beef and these different things it, there's a Cutting down is a healthy move, yeah, right? It's all so, modification. So we've been talking about processed food. It seems like forever, right? And mm-hmm. I've I referred to a couple of books. The Dorito yep. Effect, great book. Yep. talks about the changes in our foods and and what what we're getting. But it mm-hmm. really wasn't until 2019 there was a study uh, by uh, I think it was uh, Kevin Hall. Okay, he looked at he, he took two groups. They're only like 20 people,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and he had them eat processed versus whole foods, right? And this, even though it was a small study, it was very clear that he matched everything up, like how much they ate, and you know walked through it the whole way, and and noted yeah. that the people that ate processed versus versus unprocessed food, right. whole food, yep. they ate about 500 calories more a day. Wow! Right, and they gained weight. That's a lot. Yeah, the 500 yeah, calories more a day, and a they lot. gained yeah. weight over the month of this period of the study. And they talked about. Satiety, like, you know, when they got tired of eating something. So it was this whole thing about processed food. Mm-hmm. But the reason there's so much kickback is it was in, I think, in the 70s uh, that uh, uh, I think it was McGovern when he was a senator okay. came out and said, you know what, Americans need to cut back on beef. Yep. and and red milk. meat
3: red meat red yep. meat and dairy. dairy red meat and dairy. he got yeah.
2: his rear end kicked by the yeah. <laughs> beef and dairy of course he did lobby yeah. and so what yeah. i would argue is in as much as our gut instinct is yeah you know give me give me the food i want right at the end of the day we're bantering to these lobbies really that's, right. that's right. and so if you if you don't that's want big government yeah. and Think, think, just think about this. Just throwing yeah. that out there because you know it's a conserve. It's really a conservative stance that that I want to eat what I want to eat. That's right. Not what somebody brainwashed me. And to I eat.
3: think that was the basis of the complaints that we got, Doctor Mark, regarding the red meat.
2: Yes. I want to eat what I want to eat. Right. But why yeah. do you want to eat it? And I know everybody's that's gonna right. say because it tastes good. That's it, right. Okay. That's but right. but we have been led into that. Yep. And I think the biggest the biggest thing that's going to resist any big change because I'm not yep. thinking that anything I'm going to say is going to change anything. The biggest thing is, is that these whole foods, these these not super processed yep. foods. The whole foods are more expensive,
3: yep. definitely more. You expensive. know,
2: and they're yep. and they're less convenient. Yep. And well, I and mean, think
3: th- about it. What's the cheapest thing you can buy?
2: Oh, you can go ground out. beef. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah,
3: yeah. You have a hamburger, right? Or right. A sirloin, right? Or well, yeah.
2: well, you're actually more likely to just go get a hamburger at a yeah. fast food restaurant yeah. which not only yeah. takes away from the the quality but it takes away from the quality time yeah. that you because know, we don't have you know yeah. our, our, we've gotten so busy and yeah. and taking kids 16 directions And on the
3: way they grab a chicken because we ate eight billion
2: of them in America every year <laughs> yeah I think you, you put the chicken on top of the hamburger But so anyway, I just Mark, wanted to visit back that because it becomes yeah. political in, in a yeah. sense it does and it becomes a sometimes we what we want to do uh, we haven't really thought about the why, and That's it's right. not always as simple. Because well, I I'm, do, I do love that beef, oh, but I've, if I eat it, does. I don't feel yeah. great. Yeah, yeah. you, you know, know,
3: I'm so glad you opened with that because you know what the the motto here is: make sure you get your baseline labs checked. Checking your cholesterol yeah. if yeah. you're eating a lot of meat. Checking right. for dairy. Checking your sugar and making sure that you've got a baseline to know where you're right. You're, you're and, at.
2: And when your physician tells you, "Hey, this number needs a little of this," the answer is not necessarily a pill. No. The, an- the answer could be an adjustment to it's your a lifestyle diet. adjustment. Yeah, I mean, I mean it's, yeah. and it's a yeah. big deal. And I'm, and again, I'm not trying to get on a, on a high horse about it because no. it, it's not easy. And, uh, but it's just funny to me how we, we have, you know, our groups from the right and our groups yep. from the left we and hit what we want. Yeah. And the reality is it's, there's almost this subversive measure of, yep. of things of yep. pol- not, not politics, but politicking yep. uh, from yep. lobbies that make us think like, of course, I, of course I'm going to drink milk. Of you course, know, because you yeah. have been seeing it on TV yeah. left and right. I drink know?
3: a lot of milk. Yeah, yeah. I really huh. do. Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna put myself yeah. in a deeper hole. Uh, my, yeah. my kids drink a lot of milk. How about that? I drink one percent though. Yes, yeah. they drink low-fat yeah. milk. One percent. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Very good. Well, right. I just, I just, we can move on. I'm glad on you and, brought that up today, I, and I cannot even imagine that we won't be talking about yeah. this again. Well, it's going to
3: actually relate number. to what we're going to talk about today, <laughs> right. as to what we do as an organization. Yes, no, it, We it, it never does. profile that right. before.
2: Absolutely. But before Absolutely. we
3: get into that, let's talk about a couple things, Doctor Mark. Uh, on July 11th, the Biden administration issued. Uh, it, saying that they're going to extend the public health emergency.
0: Right, uh, the COVID-19 public health emergency. it was, it, yeah, it emergency, was to yeah. end
3: on July 15th. Now they're saying they're going to extend it all the way to October 13th, but they're going to give the states... Sixty days notice before they actually cancel the public health. Emergency. I, don't
2: know, I think they're going to extend it till the next election. Oh, I think so too. I mean, you yeah. know, I mean, if they're if they're able to keep printing money, just keep printing. That's money. right. And no, and
3: you know, the whole idea there is when this extension is in place in the public health emergency, obviously it offered individuals to continue to be able to utilize Medicaid benefits, right and telehealth services that were expanded during the public health right. emergency
2: well and a lot of the telehealth services to having the states go ahead and ratify that and that should be an ongoing yeah. thing well, a, right? lot of the it payers,
3: a lot of the payers have now indicated that they're going to continue paying for a telehealth right. visit at a, at a physician office level yep. through the
2: end of the year oh, just through the end of the just year through the end of the year yeah, there's going to have to be yeah. some discussion about continuing that i i I do think we've talked about some of the positive outcomes. I think one of those positive outcomes is this can't really go away. Yep. And outside of that, the public health emergency status, yep. I mean, I would say if you if you polled 100 people, not not 10 of them would know. I, I wouldn't know what all how yep. that affects me yep. personally. Right. You know, and I think, you know, there are certain certain groups that it does. Mm-hmm. And, and those changes, a lot of them, other than just printing money and right, handing it right, out, right. The outside of that. Well, it it's seems interesting like you mention going. that
3: because there there was an I, I kind of look at the Kaiser Family Foundation yeah, yeah, as a good. survey. They're pretty, yeah, pretty, pretty reliable. Straight, yep, uh-huh. They they believe that 10 percent of the 80 million. Medicaid recipients in America would lose coverage. That's 8 million people, Dr. Mark.
2: And th- those are the adults, right? Those, those are, the are the adults. Other, not yeah, not, the, not kids. the kids. Not the kids. Yeah, not the kids. That's, yeah. That's So
3: I thought that was a, a quantifying that number a little bit.
2: Well, I think that, that history will tell us that when we make these temporary changes that are so impactful, they are no longer temporary. Right. And right. so I wouldn't, I, w- I would hope that we can fetter through yeah. what's what's good and what works and yeah. keep it and the things that, you know, yeah. weren't important right. but but i don't i don't know that i have a lot of confidence in the in the the current current status and the people are making those decisions but i would hope that that's the outcome of yeah. this issue. well
3: you know it's also just like the subsidies right uh, They they actually go away at the end of the year sure of course but you can bet that's not going to happen
2: i you know i don't know i think because of and what we're talking about the affordable care act right. subsidies yeah right right yeah, yeah. So, but i think with with the Inflationary costs. It's gonna. It's gonna be a, a two-sided argument, right? On the one side, the government's going to say, "Well, we can't keep this us because of this," and the other side is going to say, "I can't. I can't do without these subsidies, right. or I'm That's going to right. drop my coverage." That's right. That's right. Yeah. So, and that, and that, but that connects into that, those ten million people too. It does. I mean, it does. Uh, or eight million people? Well, yep.
3: actually, the eight million is Medicaid. Right. We're talking an additional pool. Of, right, right, right. Uh what, thirty million that are in the ACA program. Yes. We're talking a major I mean, think about it. If you're making forty thousand dollars a year and you're paying sixty dollars a month premium right. to be part of the ACA you and that subsidy that up goes away, yeah. you're going to four
2: hundred and fifty. Yeah. 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 People nope.
3: are gonna drop their insurance.
2: They will. They will. Yeah, yeah. Yep.
3: But anyway, a uh, couple of breaking news, uh, Dr. Mark, and you can speak to this one. Amazon announced that they are buying a company called One Medical for nearly $4 billion.
2: Yeah, and and we didn't know what company they were going to go after, but right. we've talked about this in the past. Yes, we that, have. That Amazon is going to get into the primary care market. Yep. And this particular organization, if I have it right, mm-hmm. they are a, a telehealth primary care organization. Ex-
3: virtual primary, virtual care. primary care. Exactly.
2: And yep. so that allows Amazon, to to buy an asset that's already shown promise and and really work into the work into that space. This you know what's going to happen next? Village I I you know Village yep. MD is going to do the same thing and and any group that can purchase a telehealth group that's on on the run. Now imagine yep. if we don't keep this telehealth as a covered benefit. Yep. That I'm mean, that's a big risk.
3: It's a big risk. Well, and think about the mental health piece of that. You're huge. Eighty percent of mental health visits right now are on uh, virtual
2: yeah. telehealth. I, I really, I really do not see those going away. I don't. But, either. but I don't know yep. that I would have risked four billion dollars yep. on, on on the chance that it yep. did go away. Well, but I think it's going to be. I, honestly, right. I mean, I think it's going to be a win for Amazon. Um, you know, it's going to be a continued struggle uh, on that side of. We're seeing these big corporations. Taking over primary care, yeah, absolutely, um, and and it was it was difficult enough when you know the hospitals got into this decades ago where they thought yeah. how do we manage you know how do we manage our patient flow yeah. and the yeah. answer was well if we manage the gatekeeper you the primary care guarantee our admissions right. that's right so that's so right. then it then it was well we can do this we can like get them on our hospital staff and you know treat them nice and they'll come uh, you know what let's own them right but they, what did they find out Larry.
3: Well, it's not very profitable to own physician practices, especially during a pandemic.
2: Right. So this was a big cycle dating back at least 20 years ago where you had a five to eight year cycle where they would acquire primary care and get rid of primary care. Right. So now with a commercial entity and entities like, you know, like, you know, like uh, CVS and and now Amazon, what are they going to do? What are they going to learn when they own a bunch of primary care places? Yep.
3: Well, you know, think about it. First of all, let me just mention to you that as soon as this announcement came out, mm-hmm. one medical stock went up 80%.
2: Oh, one medical? Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. 80%. Man. Well, gee, gee. Why did we know this yesterday? I know. You know we, well, we can say that we have no insider trading That's secrets right. to That's share. Right. Uh, but uh, but like I said, we knew Amazon was looking around. But you never know. There's there's a lot of folks to choose from. Sure. Wow, I, I don't know how it must be bigger than I thought it was at one medical yeah. though. Yeah, because they, I'm sure they share, measure their it by share, share was
3: only uh, trading at about ten, $10 bucks.
2: Ten bucks and it went up to 18 Eighteen bucks a yeah. minute.
3: And I'm sure it's going to go up to thirty before the Amazon deal's done.
2: Well, well, how does that work though, right? I mean, don't they typically have to lock it in at some point? Because you know, if Amazon yeah. backs out, you know, like Elon, well, they say Elon must be
3: eighteen. Oh they, oh, they say it, they, they know, say. It. So yeah, that, that's so that'll, estimated. Fix. That's not right. fixed. So that, yep. that'll
2: that'll sort of curb it. That'll keep it, it from will. going up. It will. I mean, yep. unless unless the number goes up again. Yep. But yep. that's a that's an interesting opportunity there uh, for. But you and, know, I know
3: we're going to break, Doctor Mark. But the whole concept here is the pressure against primary care physicians and all independent physicians in America. Not only from the hospital system, right. but from these large private equity groups. And we're going to talk a little bit more about where primary care is hurting the most when we come back. You're listening to Healthcare Now, The Truth About U.S. Healthcare. Our website is behindhealthcarenow.com. That's behindhealthcarenow.com.
1: You're listening to Healthcare Now, The Truth About U.S. Healthcare. We're going to a break, and when we come back, we'll continue our discussion on all things healthcare with Dr. Mark and Larry. Integrated Independent Physicians Network, preserving and protecting the independent practice of medicine since 2015. Join the movement with us, IPNetworkFlorida.com.
3: Navigate the healthcare process like never before. Due to popular demand, Healthcare Now is also airing on Thursday evenings at 7 p.m. Join me, Larry Jones, and Dr. Mark on Healthcare Now, Thursdays
1: at 7 p.m. and Saturdays at 1. AM 950, FM 94.9, The Answer, and at TheAnswerOrlando.com.
2: Well, you have found us again in the Healthcare Now studios. I am Dr. Mark. I'm here with Larry Jones, and we want to pick up where we left off. We discussed how Amazon just purchased a company yep. that's in primary care telehealth. Um, Amazon's been looking to get into multiple levels and places yep. in healthcare, and how how do moves like this and moves like Village MD, yep. how do they affect our primary care physicians in the United States, Larry?
3: And that's, that's quite the story, aside from the fact that there's already a shortage of primary care physicians nationwide. And before we get a little more into that, let's talk about some of the states that have the lowest percent of primary care per 100,000 capita,
2: Dr. Mark. All right, so so like say there, we we hear data about physician shortages and yep. predictions, yep. and they're seldom accurate. That's but right. This is real time information yep. where yep. we know the number of physicians versus right. the number of patients yep. is is hurting. And and like this say, is the, actually the, a medical the economics
3: survey. Yeah,
2: and it's and it's now. Yep. That's it's right. It's not predicting what's going to be ten years from now. That's right. That's and right. how do we how do we fix yep. the now? Because yep. you can't. You can't suddenly produce these doctors in a day. Yep. But, yeah, let's go over the list. Yes. I mean, it's okay. kind of interesting.
3: Yeah, the, uh, the first one is Kansas. And it, to get a marker, Kansas it represents 137 primary care doctors per 100,000 population.
2: Right, and and this is they're the best of the 20. They're the best, they're of, the the best of the 20, yeah. So So top of the list, so the best case scenario. 137
3: doctors per 100,000.
2: So, so if you if you assume that the average number of visits per patient, and you you have a handle on that, probably yeah. just from the data that we draw, it's between two and four. All yeah. right, so yeah. so let's say three hundred yeah. and fifty thousand visits and one hundred and thirty seven yeah. doctors. Yeah. That is a, a a long time in the waiting room. Yep, um, that explains or a three a, a month wait to get or, in. Exactly, that Sorry. explains like the 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 two things that patients complain about the most are hard to get a hold of you, yep, and hard to get in to see you, that's right right, and, and the wait time and the wait time that's so right. so you know that's really that 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 answers yeah. the question so in these twenty states and, and, then,
3: and you know dr mark the 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 pressure and as you know we're going to profile our organization in in the next couple of segments, but our primary care doctors are the key these are independent physicians, not employed by a hospital, not employed by an equity they are on their own as as uh individual business people and the pressure of these guys to maintain their patient base when the shortage of primary care doctors is so great across the country. And I am pleased to say that, uh, well, I'm not pleased to say that Florida is in this top 20 worst.
2: Right. No, and uh, yeah, you know, at least we're on the upper end, but we're still yep. still yep. kind of hurting. Yeah, yep. Florida we are. is right about the same number, one thirty-one yep. per hundred thousand yep. patients. Yep, they
3: were number four of so, the worst 20.
2: Right. So yep. if we're if we're looking at that and we're saying that's 350 thousand visits a year, yep. that's about that's about two thousand five hundred visits per doctor yep. per year, yep. right?
3: And most physicians, as you know, Doctor Mark. Only carry about fifteen hundred to two thousand charts, right? In their practice, mm-hmm. primary care maybe a little more, right? But a lot of those are kind of like me. See my physician twice a year. Sure, get my annual wellness on my week of the month of my birthday, and get a six month checkup after that.
2: Man, yeah, and that's it, right? Know? All right, so let's look at a couple of the other numbers. Okay, sure. You know what's kind of funny is, and you would, I mean, it's, some of these lists are impossible to predict. But Florida and South Dakota are the same. Yes. Okay. And again, it's a ratio. I get it. But it's a hundred. Both at a yeah. hundred thirty-one per. Are there a hundred
3: thousand people in South Dakota?
2: I. You <laughs> know, I'm not even going to step on anybody's toes there and answer that question. <laughs> but I believe so. I think there. are. I think there yeah. are. I think there's. Yeah. They're considerably more. But yeah. But there's not the 19 million that we have in Florida. Exactly. So for, we're over 19 million. 22 20, million. 22 million. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's look at some of the other states that that might surprise okay. you, Larry. I mean, uh, Alabama. Yep. Hundred and twenty two. Yeah, Alabama and Georgia. So yep. we got Florida, Alabama, Georgia. Yep. And again,
3: Alabama and Georgia ten less than Florida. Right. Primary care per hundred thousand.
2: And so then we got so now now I'm looking at states that connect like yep. out of those, we got Kentucky, Arkansas. Yep. So we look got, at Texas. And, and and down to Mississippi. Yeah. Yeah. Texas, Texas one of the
3: fastest growing states in the country.
2: 113. They're yeah. very low. Very low. Yeah. And the very the lowest is Utah no Idaho. Is Idaho? Idaho, interesting. Idaho. They're both right there. Yep. yep. Idaho. Yeah. Idaho's at ninety. I'm sorry, ninety six yep. per hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. And Utah at ninety nine. Yep. I mean that there. I think a lot of folks would look at this as a historical comparison and yep. see that it's a marked yep. decrease. And you know, and this is you know twenty of our states just yep. Uh, yep. That, that that are all in trouble. I can only imagine that if you look at the next ten in line, yep. nobody has. Too many. No, that's right. Know? And and but you know what I'm
3: interested. California is not in this top low twenty.
2: Yeah, maybe they wouldn't give us any information. No, maybe not. Kidding. No, yeah, no. California's not yeah, in it. California's and, not in and it. None, and is there anyone in the northeast? Arizona is in it. Arizona. You know, is. when
3: you look at the four fastest growing states, you got California, Arizona, Florida, and and Texas. Right. But and, nothing, uh, nothing in three of the four in there, but not California. Yeah,
2: nothing, nothing yeah. New England. Yeah. Nothing West Coast. Yep. Well, you, I mean, Utah, mm-hmm. Nevada on the west to midwest. Yep. but And, you know, to
3: tie this back to what we talked about a minute ago, Dr. Mark, about Amazon, yep, the threat of having a virtual primary care network of thousands of doctors across the country is a real threat to our independent primary care
2: physicians in this market. Well, to be fair, mm-hmm. I mean, that is also a solution to the problem, it right? Is. So it the is. fact that we don't have... That many of these primary care folks that are in independent practice, it's a huge target because yep. you know commercial groups like Amazon can come up and say, hey, we are saving the world here, and and, right. and they may be. You and know? then
3: you've got things like Village MD and some of these right. others big venture capital groups that are basically trying to garner a significant market share of the primary care network in America.
2: Right, and as, as yep. an investor or a business person, and you look at this – and and even if you're in Washington, you're looking at at, at healthcare at large. Yep. You'd have to say that oh, you know what, this is a good thing. But what you and I both know yep. is, at the end result, is a huge change on the caregiver population. That's right. Higher burnout. And it's you a know, whole
3: different culture when you're in a venture capital group versus you're practicing as an right? independent physician, Doctor yeah, Mark. You know that the,
2: the metric that we're not measuring here, and maybe it's immeasurable. Yeah. Is the interface that's important? That's right. Is the interface between caregiver and patient? Yeah. That okay. Patient physician that relationship. Has, that's not reported no. on a spreadsheet. No. The CFO no. doesn't know anything about that. They only yeah. know numbers, mm-hmm. and what we feel like we need out of healthcare isn't delivered when those that that number that's or right. that ex, that experience is ignored.
3: That's right. And you know that leads right into what we're going to talk about today at length. You know, we often refer to our IPA, our Independent Physician Association, and all the things we're involved in that support independent physicians, as well as the term value-based care. Right. And I think we need to profile that. And, Dr. Mark, I'd like to just take a second to let our listeners know. I know we don't like to toot our own horns much or right. talk about us personally, but I, I want to just— In fact, I'm going
2: to just turn my mic
3: off for well, a Well, I'm going to—because I'm going to talk about you because you won't. <laughs> you said it. So let me just kind of let people know, you've been a practicing pediatric surgeon for nearly 23 years in Orlando. Yep, yep. And you gave up your practice December 31st and became the dean of the Florida State University College of Medicine January 3rd of this year. Here in Orlando. To mm-hmm. to further a legacy that you've built in helping young potential physicians become physicians and be successful at it.
2: Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. That's, that's the plan.
3: But you also are a founding member of our IPA. And when I say IPA, I mean Integrated Independent Physicians Network that has grown from nothing in 2015 in January when you and a couple of your partners founded IP, the IPA. We are now over 1,000 physicians in 12 counties and growing rapidly.
2: Right, right, no, we're really proud of that yeah. really and,
3: are. and and you know, I think that's important, and then you also founded an organization called Kid's Docs that basically represents the pediatric subspecialties in the central Florida market to give them a voice not only in the marketplace but with a priority in referrals. As well as legislative issues and things like that.
2: Right, right. And I was, yeah. I mean, I have to talk admit, about I, that for just well, a minute. Let me, yeah. let me clarify. So that was okay. right when I got to town. So I was right. a founding, I was a member when it was founded, but there were a lot mm-hmm. of doctors and there's a, there's a beautiful plaque up on the wall at one of the hospitals that sort of has the name of those, those original board members right. that put this together mm-hmm. and they put it together to represent pediatric physicians that were specialists that would work with the hospital to create a children's hospital. Exactly. So I was lucky to be aboard there. Yep. I was I yep. wasn't a founder there. Okay. Um, I think since okay. 2010, I've been the chairperson You've pretty much right. And, yeah. and Sort of run yep. that thing. Yep. But, but yeah, I mean, the, the, the idea isn't in the details as much as the importance that there are physician organizations that get together and don't yep. just pay dues that right. they actually right. have a reason right. for being there. That's right. And over my 25 years, nearly 25 years yep. here in town mm-hmm. I've seen those needs change yes and and I think IPN is the answer to the needs of today and uh, you know
3: Dr. Marky as a founder talk about why IPN because well, you and Dr. White yep Dr. really kind of yep.
2: started this thing well we we were talking about little different challenges and different ideas and I was coming from the pediatric side and, and the kids doc side mm-hmm. And he was coming from the orthopedic side right. and, the, and the groups, and really understanding the market and how people were getting squashed out of yep. of really getting Just reasonable up payments by the insurance yeah. companies. Yep. So, so we were we were both looking at what do we do next. And while we started getting into conversations, mm-hmm. we started hearing from all of our friends saying, "I don't know what I'm going to do. I've got practices all around me being purchased by other groups, by private mm-hmm. equity, by hospitals, and I, I mean I don't know if I can do this." Yeah. And they they wanted resources. Well, that was
3: back in the days when physicians were bailing out and joining hospitals like crazy, left and right. And they weren't yeah. getting deals. They That's were right.
2: It was just happening. Yeah. So yeah. So that was that was the big conversation. And right. I think what what and, and you know George White would have to just tell you what what he but what I was mm-hmm. thinking. What I I felt we were thinking was: Can we create a space that we can start coalescing ideas and and pulling together resources? and doing some of the things that the organizations like hospitals do for doctors and make these doctors feel like, you know what, I, I have a ship I can sail on. I don't, I don't have to jump into the dinghy Mm -hmm. and swing, you know, jump over on the battleship. Right. I've got an option. Right. And, and that was just our discussion. And we thought, yeah, you know, that'll probably, that'll probably have Mm -hmm. some, that'll have some legs. Mm -hmm. But at that first meeting, yeah, and, which
3: we had 200 physicians during a rainstorm. Yeah, exactly. Well, That's how and, important
2: they felt it was. And we didn't advertise. We just no. – we just, Word of mouth. E- each of us, yeah. he and I just sent texts to people that we knew. And, yeah, there were a couple yeah. hundred people yep. hanging out all the way through this, this waiting room. And that was just the first meeting. I think we had another one a few weeks later because it was such a hubbub. Yep. And we had 400 members before we could blink. Right.
3: Dr. Mark, we got to go to a break. but We're going to connect the dots when we come back. As to how we support these physicians and what we what we do, how it impacts patients. You're listening to Healthcare Now: The Truth About U.S. Healthcare. Our website is behindhealthcarenow.com. That's behindhealthcarenow.com.
1: We'll be right back. You're listening to Healthcare Now: The Truth About U.S. Healthcare. We're going to a break, and when we come back, we'll continue our discussion on all things healthcare with Dr. Mark and Larry. The Integrated Independent Physicians Network, preserving and protecting the independent practice of medicine since 2015. Join the movement with us, ipnetworkflorida.com.
3: Navigate the healthcare process like never before. Due to popular demand, Healthcare Now is also airing on Thursday evenings at 7 p.m. Join me, Larry Jones, and Dr. Mark on Healthcare Now. Thursdays at
1: 7 p.m. and Saturdays at 1. AM 950, FM 94.9, The Answer, and at TheAnswerOrlando.com.
0: Take the answer with you wherever you go. TheAnswerOrlando.com. Tune in, iHeart, and Odyssey.com. News, opinion, passion on the go. AM 950, FM 94.9,
1: The Answer welcome back to healthcare now the truth about u.s healthcare
2: and now let's head back into the healthcare now studios with dr mark and larry welcome back to healthcare now you've got dr mark and larry jones and we are talking about something we'd like to talk about a lot the uh, independent uh, physicians network right. what it does who it does yep you know larry talked a lot about the beginnings. And, uh, you know, I have to say that, that, uh, Larry, you pay attention so much more readily than I do. And I would like to be able to, uh, tell our listeners more about your background because, because I've heard it. Sure. But I'm going to, I'm going to make you talk about yourself because, all right. Because you, you were very kind to, uh, to okay. talk about me. Sure. But let's, let's, sure. That, well, that. you and know, we'll before I jump more. into
3: me, let me just yep. mention too that you are the president of, Integrated Independent Physician Networks. Today, mm-hmm. I am the Executive Director, and we work as a team to do everything we can to preserve and protect the independent practice of medicine, to bring the programs and the tools to help them be successful and compete in this changing healthcare
2: environment. Doctor Mark, and, and that is that's that's a that's a mission statement, it right? Is. It and is, and the reality yep. of that mission statement is. It is ever-changing, because yes. when we had that first meeting, we had certain ideas. We weren't sure what we would accomplish. No, because we we yeah. just we were trying yeah. to create a forum, and what we ended sure. out is creating a company and trying to figure out, you know, you can't do everything, right? And I think we figured that out pretty quickly, didn't well, we? Well,
3: we've picked some niches, and we're going to talk yeah, about all the absolutely. things that we do. But just as far as my background, Dr. Mark, I was in the consumer products industry for many, many years, and uh, left that industry and got into the healthcare field. And my experience relates both to, on the provider and the payer side of healthcare. I've been with uh, physician organizations. I've been with ancillary provider organizations, and to, and also in mid to, mid nineties ninety five, I helped develop Health Plans of America, which is an HMO that we took very successful both here in Florida and in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And I was the President CEO of the, both of those companies, and as a result of that, during that tenure, I also started nine different independent physician county organizations across Florida, right and got to understand the the tough road that independent physicians hold today.
2: well, I think we we also under start to understand what Physicians will and will not do. Yes, um, you know how as organizations, because we've not been able to have the type of organizations that many other yep. industries have. Right, that's right. I mean, the, the government really disallows there us are a lot from, of from uh, discussing anti
3: Stark issues and yeah. all that.
2: So you know, we yeah. we obviously we we can't unionize, we can't right. discuss our discuss our fees. That's so right. there are a lot of things that that we've literally been pushed. Out of being mm-hmm. able to talk in the clubhouse, so that developed gener- after generations of just a, oh, that's what you got to do. Right? It really right. changed the way people thought, and physicians became less and less apt to pay any attention that's to right. business. That's right. And you know, we have that reputation of yep. being terrible business folks right. and making right. terrible investments. Right. And, and there's something like, to that. There's a lot of memes. There are a lot of memes <laughs> out there about that's that. Right.
3: That's
0: right.
2: But there, there's certainly, you know, there's certainly a need, and and I think it took two people like George and I to start uh-huh. talking about it Yep. and then connecting with you and your yep. vast information about the healthcare side that quite frankly, you know, we've learned about, yep. but we certainly didn't have a handle on. No. And then, then, then explaining with you that, you know what, our, our everyday physician in the organization, they don't really want to have a handle yep. on that either, that's right. but they need to know that somebody's looking out that somebody's for them looking and that's, out that's, for that's who them. we are.
3: And, and again, that goes right back to the IPN, the Independ- Integrated Independent Physician Network, which we have a 1,000 physicians in 12 counties. About 300 of those physicians are primary care, Dr. Mark, mm-hmm. and the other 700 are all multi-specialty, right. which cover just about every medical specialty in medicine.
2: And, and that description is the the basis of how this all works because right. you brought the understanding to us that, okay, it's the primary care doctor's. That possess the covered lives, the
3: ability to attribute yep.
2: lives right. in programs. Right. So the lives that's don't right. the lives don't belong to the insurance companies. The that's lives right. don't belong to to the orthopedic surgeon. They, they belong don't belong to the, the pedi- doctors. Surgeon. They belong right. to the primary care yep. physicians. That's right. And so if there are any measurements about the cost of each life being cared for, that's what it's based on. Yep. And just understanding that some organizations they they only. Built up with primary care physicians because yep. wow we can get the most covered lives, right. but the problem there is the expenditures on these covered lives yep. is greatest in the specialists. That's right. So you need to have both sides buy in. Yep. So when and then if you have this big group of specialists, yep. well yep. they really don't have a voice. Yep. They may think they the do. Primary care is don't don't the a quarterback. That's the
3: quarterback, and the specialists are all the receivers.
2: Well, I mean, I yeah. look at it, it's yeah. almost the, the financial development is that, that quite frankly, the insurance companies don't really want to talk to anybody but the primary cares because they're right. holding the primary yeah. cares responsible yeah. for the care of that patient. Well, let's talk about that for mm-hmm. a minute.
3: You know, when we talk about the term value-based care, it's really a pretty simple approach, Dr. Mark. It's about managing patients to a lower cost of care for a population but also improving their outcomes.
2: Right, right. That's really it. Right, because in yep. the beginning, it's just, okay, last year, let's just pick United paid X number of dollars yep. per person in this group of people in these 12 counties. Yep. That's and right. that's what that was the yep. number. Yep. And and before the idea of quality of care and how it affects cost, mm-hmm. because initially people thought, well, if we increase the quality of a patient's care, yep. it's going to cost more money. Right. You know, if we're going to make a car faster, you know or more efficient it's going to cost more money right. but what was found out is that it was quite the opposite exactly. that if you paid attention to quality yep. you yep. save money without a doubt because you know and medicine enters, is expensive
3: no question and that enters into what we call commercial accountable care agreements right and as you know IPN has two major – of the two major – four major players, Aetna, Blue Cross, Cigna, and United. We have two of those. Right. We've been in one of them for seven years. Mm-hmm. We're in our other one for our finishing up our third year. Right. And we have generated significant shared savings, which is dollars over and above what our doctors bill in FIFA service, meaning CPT codes, right. day in and day out – it's a huge bonus at the end of the year for managing these patients and and having a better outcome dr
2: right Martin. and and the beauty of this is it's the literally the only thing that physicians and insurance companies agree upon yep is that listen i can take great care of my patients and that's going to save yep. you money yep. and the insurance company says if you take great care of your patients it's going to save us money yep. so now we're going right. to share that money now and there's there's a whole process behind it, a very oh, complicated and we're process. Talk about okay. It a bit oh wow, well, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. I think our listeners might be. If anybody's driving, they may fall asleep before much but, about that. They may, but
3: you know, the bottom line is, in one of our major agreements that we've had for seven years with a the payer, mm-hmm. there are 280 of those agreements in America. Right. As of April, we were the number one performing, right, commercial. CAC in the country.
2: Yeah, and just to define like what yep. that performance is measured on, it's on quality, so not quality not on dollars. And cost. Yeah, yeah, it's on, on, on a cost, yep. right. Yep. So, but you're right, quality. So, and and that is to me, I mean, because there's a lot of especially on the West Coast and it's and it's here as well yep. Yep. is risk management where yep. they say, "Listen, you're going to cover, this is all we're going to pay for." Take care of these patients however you want to take care of them, but this is the only money you're yep. going to get for it. Right, and if it costs the insurance company more than that, that comes out of the pocket of the organization. You're at risk, right? Yep. So, so physicians that are in independent practice they can't do that. No, because they can't. Take they don't risk. have millions of dollars sitting in a bank yep. just waiting like that. Yep. I know. I know a lot of listeners yep. just passed out and said the doctors oh, don't have they millions of dollars, do. right? Yeah. So they don't have millions of dollars sitting in the bank. Now the big organizations can afford to make a mistake and it yep. won't ruin them. Whereas that's the right. physicians can't. So this organization has to be something where we do have a path yep. towards saving money, not just, hey, don't order that test. That's right. that's you, right. you need to order that test yep. if that's what needs to be ordered. Right. Well, we take the I
3: in independent very seriously. Well, we I like negotiate that. for our doctors, yeah. but we make sure that they maintain their independence. Right. And not only do they maintain their physician patient relationship, mm-hmm. they maintain their physician
2: a relationship, Doctor. Yeah. Oh, they still have their original tax the intermediary, ID, that, right. that manage. We, we don't. We don't touch any of their money. That's right. We hand them a check of what was earned per the number On of patients. A regular yep. basis. Yep. yep.
3: And again, those are commercial. Let's talk about Medicare for a minute. We have five Medicare Advantage mm-hmm. contracts that basically are geared and garnered through the primary care doctors. Right, right. All the members are attributed through the primary care. But again, the specialists are so important in managing the overall cost of care there as a oh, team totally, approach. Completely.
2: Yeah, because yeah. if they send them to a specialist that, that yeah. isn't working on the same quality measures or the same, these are the tests we need, these aren't the tests that we need, mm-hmm. that somebody's going to spend a lot of money on something that right. doesn't need to be done. That's right. You know,
3: And we're bringing on another major... Medicare Advantage plan, uh, we've got two of the four now, mm-hmm. and we've got a couple of new ones, but we're bringing on one of the major four again before the end of the year. Now, that'll be interesting
2: because once yep. we have the formula, and yep. I mean, it does get a little tricky because each company wants to do it their own way, right? Yep. And yep. and we've seen a lot of those contracts. There are some
3: synergies, but yeah. the oh, definitely. quality definitely. metrics are different for every player. Right. And, right. and
2: it's kind of interesting right. because we get to see the result of each of those. Mm-hmm. And I think that without name and names, we've noticed that certain quality measures align better to cost than others do. Exactly, And so, that, yeah, I mean, that, I think that's in fact, you hit on something
3: be, very important. Let me explain what you just said. One of our payers really focuses more on cost. The other payer really focuses more on quality, and they feel that the cost will follow.
2: It's not quite that clear, is it? No, it's not. Nope. Yeah. No, we, no. Yeah. I mean the, the quality, if you just focus on cost, you're going to miss things. That's right. And the group That's that right. focuses on quality, yep. we have seen yep. much better production of savings. Exactly. And, and it'll be interesting yeah. to, cause you're not going to, you're not going to turn the other side if you will. Right. But we are gathering this yep. information. And at some point you would hope that the groups will sit down and, and look for a comparison right. between, right. you know, how this is all done.
3: And then to support the independent physician network, Dr. Mark, we formed an ancillary independent network called the IAHN Independent Ancillary Healthcare Network, which aligns all the freestanding urgent cares, imaging centers, outpatient surgery, home health, DME, lab, all these things. Anything that's done that is not owned by a hospital, we've at we've built an ancillary network. So when you combine the physician independence and the ancillary independence, we have built a complete outpatient healthcare independent delivery system with the exception of the hospital.
2: Right. And the insurance companies love this. They because, love it. Because that it's yep. a it's a much lower expenditure. If you keep in that outpatient situation, the physicians like it because if we vetted these groups, which we do, we do, um, you know, we're not responsible for the care they deliver, but we keep an eye on it. And then if somebody's not performing well or not doing the right job, they're no longer in that network.
3: And we also don't negotiate their rates, but we get them to the table to negotiate their rates. Right.
2: We don't even know what their rates are. That's right. But we can say, well, this is one of our physicians. That's right. And the companies say, oh, well, you know, they've got this value-based savings and they're doing a great job. Okay, if they like them, we like them. That's right. And so I think that people have been pretty happy with that.
3: And again, Dr. Mark, I know we're going to run out of time here on this segment, but what we've been talking about here is what an independent physician organization does. And we've talked about the threat to these independent physicians moving forward. It's not just the hospital anymore. It's these private equity groups. You're listening to Healthcare Now, The Truth About U.S. Healthcare. Our website is behindhealthcarenow.com. That's behindhealthcarenow.com. We'll be right back.
1: You're listening to Healthcare Now, The Truth About U.S. Healthcare. We're going to a break, and when we come back, we'll continue our discussion on all things healthcare with Dr. Mark and Larry. Integrated Independent Physicians Network, preserving and protecting the independent practice of medicine since 2015. Join the movement with us, IPNetworkFlorida.com.
0: Take the answer with you wherever you go. TheAnswerOrlando.com. Tune in. iHeart and Odyssey.com. News, opinion, passion on the go. AM 950, FM 94.9.
1: The Answer. Welcome back to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. And now let's head back into the Healthcare Now studios
2: with Dr. Mark and Larry. This is Dr. Mark. I'm here with Larry Jones, and we are talking all things healthcare, but we're mostly talking about our group, you know, yep. which, I, and I think, you know, a lot of, a lot of people ask questions about it because we mention it, we yep. sort of get, skim, the, we're really giving you a deep dive. A little more detail. And, and it's, yep. it's a little dry. I, I, under, yep. I understand yep. that, but... But I think that's kind of part of the message because it's a little dry to our participating physicians. That's right. And there there are some out there that really get involved, yep. and there are others that are like, yep. you know what? I like the results. That's right. Um, I'll just, let's just keep going, and and we're great with that. That's right. Because well, let's we, we, about we have a board, reasons. right? We have a board. A- absolutely. And so yep. you know, if we make any any changes, big decisions, then we, we bring them in. That's right. And and I don't I don't want this to sound like this is. You and George and me coming up with these genius ideas, because it's not. This stuff makes sense. It does. Um, It's not as common across the country as you would imagine. We are probably the
3: largest independent physician group in this part of the world, Dr. Mark.
2: Well, the thing that really makes us stand aside, because I've got a couple of friends that have contacted me and said, hey, you know that we went to school together and they're out on the West Coast. Okay. And like they have these big organizations. Mm -hmm. The biggest difference, Larry, is that they are all under one tax ID. Yeah. And so yeah. the 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 group then becomes responsible yeah. for all yeah. these other yeah. things that are very sensitive to the independent position And they're all and they're not that tax ID. Exactly. That's right. So, so they're not so independent. Even, even That's though right. their, quote-unquote, friends are running the show, yeah. yep. they're not independent. No. And I think That's right. that is the beginning of the end of those organizations. Yep. Because exactly. they, they look too well, much like things. Well, they have like overhead, things.
3: which is unreasonable. Right. And then they – have to share their surplus. Yep.
2: So yep. not only does it affect you on the top line, it affects you on the bottom line. Right, right. So I yeah. so I think that makes us extremely unique. Yes. And I think, you know, that's I, I don't know. I think our our fellow members like that yes. kind of environment. Yep. And that's that's why they yep. stay. Because they're every day they're they're wondering. Well they're wondering you know Dr. Mark, I'm glad you mentioned else.
3: they stay because in the seven years that I've been involved in this mm-hmm. I bet you we haven't lost two handfuls of doctors.
2: No, we have, and
3: every month we're getting four to five doctors yep. that want to either leave the hospital right. or leave a private equity group and go back out on independence.
2: Right, and we do get specialists that that move yes. or join the hospital. Yep. Um, there, there are some specialties just they just have a really hard time seeing the patient volumes uh, with the you know if they have a if they have a high degree of Medicare Medicaid. Yep. And they're yes. seeing really complex situations. one it's of the tough. Things, one of yep. the things that that we we don't we can't do for them, but is a really important thing is is their billing. Right. And so sometimes it's, it's a matter of we, we give they, them
3: opportunities right. to talk to good billing companies. We have right. all those resources. Right. And, and yeah. we'll,
2: we have information out there where yeah. we'll, we'll have conferences and talk about, yeah. you know, these are the things or, or when something comes up that this is a a, a billing piece that you should be looking yep. at this. Yep. This type of diabetes control well, that We help them with that, that all the time. Yeah. So so there's a lot of there's a lot of things that are going on at the same time. Yeah. But so that's, that's everything we've talked about mm-hmm. right so far has been in the insurance industry, right. whether it's government covered insurance or private or, or it's private. Yep. Uh-huh. So what about self-insured? groups? Yeah.
3: You know, it's interesting you say that Dr. Mark, because you know, in the Orlando market, you've got Advent health, right? You've got Orlando health mm-hmm. and you've got the independence, which has no name, right? We are going to brand the independence as Alliance health. Got it. And under that Alliance health umbrella, we're going to be – we're going to offer a self-insured health benefit program to small and mid-sized employers. Right, right. Meaning so, they're not going to be insured under a payer anymore. The doctors will own the network, and we will
2: be the plan manager and right, administrator. Right, Yeah, so so the yeah. whole idea is, is sort of – and it's not – this isn't an advertisement, nor no, is this no, not stating all. a competition to the big four. This is going to an underserved yeah. market yep. that honestly can't afford – the big right. four, yep. and so yep. they end out not covering their employees' That's right. lives. That's right, and so and that has, leaving it in their own hands.
3: And not only that, Doctor Mark, you, you understated that because during the pandemic, that really came to fruition. Sure. Well, where people just not only did they lose their employees, the employees they kept, they cut their benefits because they couldn't afford it.
2: Right, and it wasn't long ago that the idea that if you had more than fifty employees, you had to give benefit. That's right. And that completely changed the playing field. It did. Not it in did. the way yep. that, that that the that the administration yep. wanted it to. Yep. It really just made people go, well I'm not going to grow. That's right. Or I'm going to yep. divide this into two companies of, of 49 yep. people each. Yep. So I mean there are a lot of negative things. So if we can if we can address the cost yep. – uh, and, and how do we doing that? How are we saving the cost? Well, yep. it's by decreased overhead.
3: And using independent physicians and independent ancillary networks that are not
2: driving facility fees right. owned by the large health system. Right, because we can trust these folks because right. we've been working with them in these other, other right. groups. So the, 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 the real power that we bring to the table is the ability to identify outliers yes. to make sure care gaps are closed – and yep. we're going to do the same thing for this group. Right. And instead of, you know, it's it's a whole new market yeah. of folks that are, just aren't being touched.
3: And you led right into the next thing. We we actually patented a product called Value-Based IQ. Mm-hmm. We own that name, Dr. Mark, yep. in our organization. And ba- basically, you talk about how do we help these docs move from a FIFA service environment to a high – Performing in-demand practice in value-based care, and this value-based IQ is a practice assessment program that gives them a blueprint to move from one to the other.
2: Right, right. Because I mean, there's not they don't really have the time in the day to to run a practice, see if, and then say I'm going to make this major change in how I do the business side of my medicine because we we're not. Having them change the way they do the medical no, side, no, absolutely. I mean, that, you know, it's and it's it is it's it's a it's a smart medical business that doesn't deal in yep. medicine. Yep. And this is a way to we we kind of we have lived the value based IQ ourselves, right? And, right. And that's right, how that's how right. we kind adjust adjust every patient group and look at it that way. Yep. However, this is a way for them to to really see how yep. that all works and see. What what would happen if they made this complete change? Would they save money? Would they lose money? You know, what's the outcome?
3: And and again, well the bottom line is FIFA service payments are not going to increase. No. You're going to make your money on outcomes and performance, which means shared savings and being in these type of programs. Right. Right. And the hospitals can do it because they've got the clout and the deep pockets. We're trying to provide
2: that for the independent physicians. Right. So we've got we can bring numbers to the table and you know with an independent Group, you know, bringing back all these these small employers that can now cover those those covered lives, we actually are going to put a bunch of small numbers together to make a large number. Right.
3: So, you know, we've talked about Medicare, Medicaid, we've talked about private insurance, and we've talked about self insured. There's another one in Florida, as you know, one in four people walking the streets are over age sixty five. That means they're in Medicare. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean they're in Medicare Advantage. They can be what they call straight Medicare. Mm -hmm. Well, CMS, since 2013, has had what they call a Medicare Shared Savings, MSSP, Medicare Shared Savings Program. That program has evolved in numerous ways over the eight, nine years that they introduced it. We were part of the original in right. 2013 through 18 in the MSSP plan.
2: I mean, that's why we believed in right. what IPN right. could do, right? right? I mean, we, we saw it working yep. in a place where you would think, well, what's the worst market in America? Right. And it's got to be Medicare.
3: That's right. You know, that's unless
2: right. Yep. we've talked about some of these groups that are, yep. it's it's a great market for yep. them. It's just not, not so advantageous yep. for their and members. And over
3: that five-year period, Dr. Mark, we took the average primary care physician and even some of the specialists and their of Medicare went to 130 over those years.
2: Yeah. So that's how much much they get there. But
3: now Medicare has introduced a new program beginning January 1 of 2023, and it's called the ACO REACH, realizing equity, access, and community health. That's what REACH means.
2: Oh, gotcha. And they're
3: plugging in that equity Health equity piece as well, but the beauty of this program, Doctor Mark, is they have realigned the incentives, the upfront payments to doctors, as well as the better reconciliation in the shared savings formulas on the back end.
2: Interesting. Well, tell me, tell have, me how, how does their equity piece? Mean, what's what's the uh, what's the action plan there? Well,
3: actually, on the equity piece, if you follow the guidelines in a basically social determinants health survey, uh-huh. is a thirty dollar per member per month. Okay. included in those dollars right
2: and so yep. for the listeners you know so we some of these things we're spending money yes you know we, we've we got the insurance companies mm-hmm. spending money but it is so clear that that is a savings on the other end yes and and, and when we talk about these disparities yep. it is absolutely yep. necessary for us to go to that next step yes. right yep. and and i think the the real mystery of all this was no one stepped back and looked at folks that had no access to health care and that's said, right. you know what? Right. We can actually be profitable yeah. with this group. Yeah. And that's not what we're doing here. What we're right. doing is we're making sure these folks are getting the care they yeah. deserve. Right. And this is not socialized yeah. medicine. No, not this, at all. This is quite the opposite. It's quite the opposite. What we're, we're focused on these metrics that if we give better care, we're actually going to save money. Right. And and that it's right. it's counterintuitive in any other yeah. industry, well, but it's, this it, it's really been proven here.
3: Absolutely. In our clinical uh Medicare ACO Reach program, mm-hmm. we have aligned with C V S Health Really to be our partner in this. Interesting. And C V S Health is not only the fourth largest company in America, they're the second largest healthcare company in America. Right. And they are our partner exclusive with IPN in Florida.
2: Okay, and so they're going to also bring to the table the all pharmacy their assets. Part, that, that's right. That's right. At PBM, yeah. all their
3: assets and everything else. So when you combine that with the clinical and the and the analytics support that we provide, mm-hmm. Doctor Mark, and you're heavily involved in that in our programs, we're basically bringing our entire team to focus on what's doing best for the patient, right? Protecting the independent physician mm-hmm. and helping to become in-demand, high-performing
2: practices. Right. And this only works when two things happen. Mm-hmm. When the physicians are actually following the highest quality of care yep, and the market continues to show that that when we spend money in the right place, we don't waste money in the wrong place.
3: I'm so glad you said that because the motto that we use, providing the right care at the right place at the right time, For an appropriate amount of money, Dr. Mark.
2: Right. Because if you, and this is one of the things with the pandemic, if you put off care, not only are you putting yourself at risk, you can see that the expenditures that are going to come out of whether it's your pocket or your insurance companies go way up. So I don't know what took the system so long to figure this out because all all the major payers have figured it out. And but well, they, know, I think they Medicare, just being lazy on the risk yeah, side. Medicare
3: has now said that by 2030, and we're already twenty twenty and a half, yep. we're talking seven and a half years, they want all 63 million Medicare beneficiaries in some type of a value based program.
2: Well, it doesn't make sense for them not to be. That's right. You know, that's I mean, right. it, it's not, we've they, they've looked at the routes of let's regulate the physicians, that doesn't going to work. Yep. You know, yep. let's let's make them take exams and make sure that they know how that's not going to work. Nope. And you know, well, let's just let's just not pay them. No, that's not going to work. If you show folks the metrics that they can believe yep. in, they're going to save money, yep. and we're going to have we're going to we're going to avoid a a single payer model. Mm-hmm. We're going to be able to do that's this right. just the, the right way, and we're going to have happier patients and happier physicians, and hopefully
3: make a dent in that four point eight trillion dollars that we're running at right now, right. moving to eight trillion by twenty thirty.
2: The the potential is we're going to make more than a dent. Incredible, Dr. Mark. We'll talk more about this next week. Great conversation today, Dr. Mark. Thank you for joining
1: us today on Healthcare Now. To find the answers you are looking for or have a question, you can reach Larry and Dr. Mark by emailing your questions and comments to follow us at healthcarenow.us. And we'll continue our discussion same time next week on navigating our complex healthcare system on on Healthcare Now